you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle. It's that time in the show where we bring in Nick Costos. He is our betting guy, and you get a chance to check out his podcast as well. You better, you bet. Of course, Carl Dukes, put him up. My man Brian Baldinger. We are going to break down games heading into Week 14. First of all, fellas, this season is gone. Week 14. I'm like, wait a minute. I want like 18 more weeks of NFL football, but we only have a few more weeks of the regular season, and then we get to the playoffs. Nick, uh, I want to start with with some games this week because it is a, a condensed schedule. A bunch of teams have buys, but there are some interesting games on the schedule just from a betting perspective that we want to hit. And, Baldy, we'll get into some of the other games and matchups as we move along. Yep. Guys, make sure you subscribe, like us, and tell your friends about us. We put out new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Our buddy Jason Lockon Ford joins us as well. Let's start with this Minnesota at Detroit game because Detroit's scoring points like crazy, guys. This offense is as legit, I think, as any offense in the NFL, especially the last five or six weeks. And then I'm looking at the number, Nick, and I'm going – Okay, does this seem right for Minnesota at Detroit? So Detroit, great to be on with you guys. It's going to be an amazing end to the regular season, by the way. So many games with like t- playoff contenders playing against each other. I think the, the, the bottom of the AFC is really interesting here. Like, is one of these five and seven teams going to get it? Absolutely love it. The Lions are one of these teams in the NFC, by the way, that's trying to make a push for the final, final wild card spot, playing unbelievable football. So Carl and Baldy, I said this to Baldy on You Better You Bet yesterday. I think people are going to be surprised when they log on, like, like what's the spread of this game? I want to bet this game. And they see Detroit is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The Lions are 5-7, and seven, favored at home against a team that's 10-2. and two. Is that right? The answer, of course, is yes, it's right. Because the Vikings are 10-2, and two, but the Vikings are not good. Like, they, I guess, like, they are good like you are, what your record says you are. Also, like, any statistic that you want to use to measure a team says that the Vikings are average. Like, an average team that has won a ton of one-score games that has had, like, flipped the coin and it's gone in their favor basically every time this year. I'm not saying they're undeserving. Also, when they play the Seahawks in the wild card round, they're going to lose outright. So, like, I think Vikings fans can look forward to that. So, Detroit should be favored in this game, or Minnesota should be a small favorite. So, where I come at right now, I think it's a high-scoring game on both sides. Christian Darrisaw likely to return for Minnesota. I think a big deal. I think Justin Jefferson is out for revenge in this game after Okuda kind of shut him down in the first meeting between these two teams. At the point spread right now, Detroit minus two and a half, probably no bet for me. Vikings plus three is an easy bet to make if and when it ever gets there. But I do think we see a lot of points scored coming up on Sunday with the Vikings and the Lions. I agree with that, Nick. I mean, I agree with a lot of points. I agree. I think Detroit's going to win the game outright. I mean, Detroit's defense is still ranked very dead last in the NFL. Uh, I think this game could get in the high 30s because Detroit's offense, we've talked about this, Carl. Uh, this Ben Johnson, the offense coordinator. I just remember going all the way back to hard knocks. The Lions did everything they could to hide this guy. They did. You don't want to lose, like, good coaches. They, You know, like Deuce Daly's good coach, assistant head coach, and they put Deuce out there. They put a lot of guys out there. You didn't see Ben Johnson, but he's the he's the architect. You're going to get him hired somewhere, Baldy, because now we talk about him on the show because you've been talking about him. He's going to be a head coach next year now. He's kind of like that next Mike McDaniel, kind of a nerdy guy, but very creative. Yeah. Really has everybody's maximizing their talent, making, helping to turn Amon Ra St. Brown into a real star. I mean, you know, every week now, the plays that are drawn up for him, the offensive line has got their left tack, our left guard back. Like, they can move the ball. They can score points. And it might be who has the ball last in this game. It might come down to that. I mean, 
the fans in Detroit, going back to Thanksgiving and beyond, like they've been entertained this year. And they they feel like they're looking at a good product. But I think Detroit wins this game. I mean, I, I think the, contrib- the contribution from the rookies, whether it's Aiden Hutchinson or Malcolm Rodriguez, you go through the list, like they're really stepping up. And I feel like this is a team I think we'll find out a little bit because every week now you kind of separate these teams. Like who's a legitimate playoff team that can win? And to Nick's point, I don't know that Minnesota is that going to be that team. So I think Detroit wins this game outright. I like I love their offense right now. Can we talk about DeAndre Swift while we're talking about this game? Because the way he's running the ball, the way he's producing, is taking a lot of pressure off of Jared Goff. Are we dismissing what Goff is doing with this offense? No, Jared Goff has played great, uh, Carl. He he he's played as well now as he ever played with the Rams, and he actually including the Super Bowl run. Like he's playing very very good football. He's seen the field well. He's well protected. When he gets protected. I mean, he knows where to put the ball, yeah. and he's doing a good job of doing it right now. they got some guys in the offense that people don't really know much about, but DeAndre Swift, like him and – I mean, Jamal, Jamal, he's got 14 touchdowns now, you know, 14 touchdowns in 13 weeks. Uh, you know, he's their closer, short yardage goal line, but DeAndre Swift can give him real pop in the run game. Can I give you something quickly on on Swift? Swift for the first for the first time in a long time last week was the Lions' number one running back. Outsnapped Jamal Williams, thirty nine twenty three. Swift off the injury report last week. He's their best running back if he's he healthy. He's he popped up on the injury report on Wednesday, like limited practice. So hopefully he's good to go here. But like Swift is their best back, and if he's going to be really good moving forward, obviously hampered by injuries, big deal for their offense. To me, Baldy, the next step for Goff. The home road splits are noteworthy. He plays much better at home than he does on the road when he gets into the elements. Like week 18 at Lambeau Field, like could be a really interesting game here. God well, that's the, cla- Nick, that's, that's the, the classic step. dome quarterback syndrome. You know, I mean, I, you go through the list of guys that played in domes. I'm not taking anything away from Drew Brees, but, you know, Matt Ryan in Atlanta, you know, we all watch this. You put them in no elements nice, you know, sterile environment. Like, it, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just a quarterback derby. BetQL Network, Nick Costos is joining us, guys. Host of You Better, You Bet. And uh, listen, we're all about it here on In the Huddle. It's why we bring Nick on. Let's talk Bucks in San Francisco. 49ers, new quarterback. Brock Purdy. He looked damn good to me, guys. I mean, he came in, he was spinning it. Listen, is he the next coming of Joe Montana? No. But the fact of the matter is you need a competent quarterback who's not afraid to throw the football. And the Bucs come in off of this amazing win, Tom Brady, and the you know, fourth quarter comeback. Nick, what's the number? What do you like in this game? Uh, so San Francisco right now, three and a half point favorite against Tampa, which just shows you like how highly rated the 49ers are like as a team that they can put in Mr. Irrelevant, which is like obviously what we call the, the last player drafted in the draft. Doesn't mean he's going to be an irrelevant player. Extremely relevant now. You have a seventh round rookie starting against Tom Brady and the Bucks, and that team is more than a field goal favorite, which tells you what people think about San Francisco. And guys, I think the fun part of this game, it's incredibly subjective. Like it's not like I could come on and be like, well, like I'll do this with Cleveland if we talk about it where I think the point spread's wrong in the game. And I'm like pretty sure I'm right. It doesn't mean I'm going to win my bet, but I feel good about it. This is subjective. How, how do you rate Brock Purdy? 
you you can't. Like we saw him coming in relief in a spot that's probably like really advantageous to the backup. Now, like the other team knows that he's starting here and they can prepare a full week for Brock Purdy. So what that's what is that gonna look like? I don't know, but I can give you my best guess. My best guess here is that San Francisco should be favored in the game. I actually don't think it should be by more than three. I think if San Francisco wins this game, it's by a Robbie Gold field goal. So I think Tampa plus three and a half is going to be my bet in this game. So I'm going to back Tampa. I don't love to do that because the Bucs have been brutal this year. I don't want to do that, but I'll take Tampa. One other thing to consider here with this game. This is a massive game as it concerns like who's going to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. You want to be the three seed in the NFC playoffs to be on the other side of the bracket from the one seed Eagles and the five seed Cowboys. So if you're Tampa and you win this game, you are now a game behind San Francisco for the three seed, right, in the NFC playoffs, and you'll have the head-to-head win. And that means that you get like the Giants or the Commanders at home, and then you go to Minnesota potentially before you have to play Dallas or Philly to get to a Super Bowl. It's a huge game with massive stakes coming up on Sunday. I'll take Tampa plus three and a half. Well, I'm going to dismiss, Nick, uh, you know, the, the whole playoff seating here in week 14 because it's all going to change. I mean, the Eagles still play the Cowboys. Like, things are going to change. They're going to be the one seed. Philly's going to be the one seed. Dallas okay, is going to be the five. I'm just saying, Minnesota might fall apart here the way Arizona did. I mean, a lot of things we don't know. So I don't, I'm going to stay away from that part. Uh, but, you know, that's that's your industry. I, You know, I, I just remember um, I did Big 12 games for 10 years for Fox. And I was in Iowa State when Brock Purdy made his first start. And it wasn't like week one. I'm, Matt Campbell held him out, held him out for like four or five weeks. It was early in the season, and uh, we got a chance to watch him play because he was highly, highly recruited out of Gilbert, Arizona, and he ended up playing 47 starts for Iowa State. Once he went in there, he never came out. He played a lot of football. Last week, he looked like a kid that played a lot of football. And, mm. and look, Miami, they came after him. It's not like they just play had the same game plan as Garoppolo. I mean, the first play they came after him. He handled the blitz. He, if you put a checklist of things together, to your point, Carl, he threw the ball in the middle of the field with no fear. You know, he he avoided uh, trouble. The big thing to me was, you know, just Christian McCaffrey on the backfield runs a lot of option routes. And it can be confusing to a quarterback what he's looking at. So McCaffrey, when he comes out, uh, you know, on the circle routes, I mean, he can go inside, outside, straight. He's reading it. And when one touchdown pass that he threw to McCaffrey was an option route. And he read it just the way McCaffrey read it. Which says to me, I know he's been playing the scout team, but he's he's he he, he has kind of an advanced knowledge of what his players are doing. Now, look, I, I'm sure that Todd Bowles is you know examining everything that he did going back to Iowa State, and I'm sure like he's got his pressure packages. I mean, this is what Todd is known for, so it's gonna be a big part. But they've got so much talent in San Francisco. If Brock, and I don't want to call him a game manager and don't turn it over because I don't want him to play like that. I want him to play with no fear, make the throws, and live with the, the consequences. But I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna be over a turnover machine. And th- the Bucks' offense is impossible to watch. They threw fifty-seven times the other day. Okay, great. They made some throws in the last three minutes, but for fifty-seven minutes, even Brady, like you watch the body language, he's like, "This is awful. We can't yeah. run it. We can't make. We can't get a deep throw to save our life. Like we can't get a chunk play." They're just hard to watch. And I, I think it's going to be against this defense. Tough. Who every level they're stacked. I, I just don't see Brady making his homecoming and, and upsetting the, the 49ers. To your point, Nick, I probably look a field goal. The 49ers would take that, you know, however it falls out. 
Nick, real quick, over or under on this game? You on it or off off of it? Uh-uh. The, it's really low, as you might imagine. I just want to I'm just looking at it right now to see like what the update, unless you have it here, Carl, what that number I, is. I saw 37 and a half. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I guess I'd bet the under, right? And probably feel pretty decent about it. This feels like 17, 14, 20 to 17 at most final score. And that would still get you to 37 under the total. But like, we are like, that is a ridiculously low total for the, for an NFL game. It can yeah. still go under just that like, you're not betting it with an advantage. Like it's already insanely low. So I would still bet the under, but I will stay away from the total in the game. I'll bet Tampa plus three and a half. Nick, let's jump on this Cleveland game because you keep saying it's the wrong number. Explain why as we talk about Cleveland's, Cleveland's matchup this weekend. Sure, like we can get into like on-field reasons why I think the Browns can keep this game close, but just like a betting conversation here, right, on a point spread where you know, I make my point spreads in the NFL and just because I make a spread doesn't mean I have to be right, but like you have me on, right? So I can kind of give my opinion on what I think the point spread should be. Cincinnati should definitely be favored, no question. Um, they should be favored by more than a field goal. Absolutely. No question. I think I made my number for this game since he minus four, since he minus four and a half. So once we get up to six, there are like key numbers that we talk about when we bet, when you think about the math of the NFL where games land. So six is more important with the advent of the extra point being moved back. More extra points are missed. Games can land six. Six is an important number. I think no way, shape or form should the Bengals be favored by this many points against the Cleveland Browns. Like it's, it's too many points. Then you take in like some of the on-field stuff here where the Bengals played great against Kansas City. There's no question. And the Bengals are going to win the division now with Lamar Jackson's injury. So Cincinnati is on the rocket ship going up right now. I think this is too much credit to Cincinnati. I understand that Deshaun played poorly against Houston. I had the Browns in that game. I needed them. So I watched the game. I know he played poorly. The defense and the special teams played great for Cleveland. There is no way, no way. I guess there's always a way. But I, I would be shocked if Deshaun Watson played that poorly again against against since uh, against Cincinnati coming up this week. Also, Kevin Stefanski owns Zach Taylor. I know Baldy's going to say, "Well, the game was different," and you're not wrong about that. But this is like a pretty decent sample size. Stefanski and the Browns beating Joe Burrow and the Bengals here. I'm not saying the Browns are definitely going to win. I will bet them to win. Six is an incorrect spread in this game. Cleveland plus six is my favorite bet of the week. Doesn't mean it's going to win, but I think it is a great bet to make. I love the Bengals in this game. I love the way the Bengals are playing. No team has seen an offensive line improve more during the course of the season than the Cincinnati Bengals. You go back to week two against Dallas. I mean, it looked like Burrow was going to – like he wasn't going to survive the season. But <clears throat> Samaj P. Ryan has been played better than Joe Mixon. He has. Uh, whether Mixon's back or not, doesn't matter. Samaj has been fantastic in all phases of the game. The protection has been awesome. Joe Burrow has been sacked – a total of five times in this last four-game win streak. Like, he's getting protected. And when Joe Burrow gets protected, he's just an assassin. And he'll be in the he'll be in the MVP conversation before the season's over. I don't know that they're going to lose another game. Uh, defensively, they are so sound. Uh, Deshaun Watson, like, he's, like I, he played the way I expected him to play. I thought his eyes would be slow. I thought he would have indecision, which he did. Um, I thought he would miss Amari Cooper like he did. Like his timing is not good, but it, it, it should be. It should get better with the week and a little rust knocked off him. Uh, he can extend plays. He's still a phenomenal athlete. Um, you know, getting out of the pocket and getting away from harm's way. But Cleveland is an incomplete team, especially down the middle of their defense, and that's where Burrow is going to kill him. And so I think this thing could be ten or more points. Just the way Cleveland blew Cincinnati out five weeks ago, that's what Cincinnati is going to do to Cleveland this week. 
Great point, Baldy. And Nick, as always, I love your insight. Uh, I, I want to just tell me who you like in the Jets-Buffalo game before we let you go. Nine and a half point favorite. What's stopping the Jets here, man, from, from doing what they did? Uh, I don't know, Buffalo's a lot better than they are. Um, I like I, I like the Bills here, and I'm still I'm still salty about the Jets not winning and covering the spread last <laughs> Sunday against the Vikings. That's the most frustrating bet of the entire season as a viewing experience to watch because the Jets probably should have won the game by double digits. And they well, lost. Nick, when they were on the one yard line, first and goal to one, did you think it was just Jets? Like that was it, right? That was the game. So, like, it's funny, like, watching games as a fan, watching games as a better, yeah. as an analyst, right? So they get down on the goal line, and I'm just thinking. This is the penultimate drive, right? Not the one where Mike White threw the pick on fourth down to right. end the game. Right. Like you had, you literally, and like the red zone play, Mike LaFleur, in my opinion, gets way too cute in spots like this. Gadget plays to Braxton Barrios. Just run the effing ball, please. So they just literally scored on a quarterback sneak from the goal line. You get down. So for, it's like first and goal from the four. Here's the bam night down to the one. Okay. No Second and goal from the one. Sneak it three times, you idiot. Please just get the ball over the pylon. It said, here's like Zonovan Knight, eight yards in the backfield, tackled at the one, and then two empty plays out of shotgun. I know Barrios drops the ball, but that drove me absolutely insane last Sunday that the Jets didn't win that game. Terrible execution down on the goal line. And I had less money after the game than I did when it started, which is never fun. Um, as far as the game this week, how does it stop for the Jets? I think they get railroaded the way that the Bills railroaded them last year when Mike White started. The Bills are just a lot better than they are playing at home. Um, I have a point spread edge in the game. I think the Bills should be more than a 10-point favorite. They're nine and a half. I'm laying it with Buffalo on Sunday against the Jets. Nick, great job, man, as always. Most of you better, you bet. Nick, uh, make sure that you tell the people they can check you out because I love your podcast as well, brother. Thank you. You better, you bet. Yeah, weekdays, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcasts. Odyssey stations nationwide, YouTube, Twitch, all that good stuff. Appreciate it. All good right, stuff, my man. Nick. We'll good talk stuff, to Mike. you next next week. Thanks so much, Nick Costos, guys.